I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Happy Monday, all, and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Please do rate, review, subscribe on all podcast platforms and on social. Please do like and subscribe on YouTube. It'd be much appreciated. Joining me today is Katie. Katie, how you doing? What's I'm up? good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Except for I, people always, I'm not even going to talk about the weather because people always complain in the comments. They're like, the weather? I won't even say it. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Um, I'm good, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's, that's all that matters. It's getting colder outside and that sucks. I'm not sure how other people feel about it. I'm not a winter person. I'm more of a spring, summer kind of, kind of guy, obviously falls great for that one month that it exists in Toronto, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, weather's changing and we just have to deal with it. But the fact that we're in the winter, that means that the Raptors are playing. So eh, that's, that's a great, great, great trade-off. Yeah, right. And they're about to head on to a six game road trip. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to discuss things that we want to we want to see. Obviously, it's going to be important. It's kind of a I mean, want to talk integral times, how integral can it be this early in the season? But it's one of their six game road trips that they have. The other ones in March on the trip. They got the Blazers tonight. Then they got the Jazz, the Kings on a back to back Warriors, Grizzlies, Pacers. And then they return home on the 28th to face the Goddamn Boston Celtics. Tonight, Precious, uh, Chris, and Fred are still questionable, so we'll have to see if they're going to play. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, things that we want to see. And let's start just with that Blazers game because, hey, Norm Powell. Norm Powell's here. I'm wearing my sweater for anyone uh, watching or if you can't, if you're listening. I got my Understand the Grind sweater on in honor of him. I got this on, what was it? It was uh, Inside the Green Room shoot. He the the episode that he was on when obviously Danny was uh, was playing for the Raptors. We did it. Um, where do we do it? We did it somewhere in like Mississauga, and uh, he had a stand available where he was selling these these sweaters, and I was able to get one for free. Shout out Dan Toman, who it came down to, and we both asked for one, and they're like, we only have one remaining. He's like, you know what, Amit, you can have it. And generous. that's the reason. Yeah, it's very, very yeah. nice of him. He hired me and then he gave me a sweater. Those are the two biggest things that he <laughs> did for me <laughs> during his time with Yahoo. Um, um, anyways, a Norm Powell memory that comes to mind for you, Katie. Yeah, I was. Um, I think of Norm Powell mostly in flight. I think of Norm Powell uh, dunking a lot of the times when yeah. he would kind of like just get clear in transition and be the only guy on the floor and like you knew what was coming it happened most often i think early in his career with the raptors during the playoffs uh when you just realize oh this is norman flight and like this is why we love him he becomes a clutch guy Uh in the playoffs there was a little problem for a while in terms of consistency uh, and then the most bittersweet thing is I think he got he finally added that part of his game more consistently in his last season with Toronto. Um, but I remember Norm yeah. most fondly for basically like coming through in the clutch whenever the team needed him. Uh, I had oftentimes 
I've done this Photoshop before, but I still think of it. It's like Norm and like the creation. Or is it the Michelangelo like creation of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, With the David. Touch. You yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, that was his deal, right? He, he had this knack for delivering in the clutch and that's kind of my moment too. I, the, the, the moments you're talking about with him, I kind of in flight, there was that Pacers dunk, right? Where I keep on seeing an NBA TV every once in a while when he was obviously a Raptor and I thought he's going to dunk it or I thought he's going to miss the dunk because he, he leapt from oh. so far away from the basket. I'm like, is he going to make it? And then every time I see it, I'm like, <laughs> I still can't believe he made it because I thought he was going to, you see it, he's kind of struggling to hold on to the ball. And so he almost shanked it, but he didn't. And that was a, a great memory. The one that comes to mind for me more recent is uh, his performance in game six against the Celtics, where he had 10 points in that second overtime. And he was just, mm. you talk about, yeah, see, your dog agrees, agrees too. Hey, bud, how are you? Pyrolators here. Yeah. Is that the name? dreaded Pyrolators here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, no. The dog's name is not Pyrolator. <laughs> that would have been wild. What is his name? His name is George. George. That's a little more traditional than pure later. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that uh, game six performance, he was a massive part of why they got to game seven. We are not going to talk about him not blocking out Jason Tatum in Clayton game seven, which uh, kind of solidified the game and sealed the Raptors fate. We'll skip that part. But he just was, uh, he had this confidence about himself that was different from a lot of players coming into the league, especially considering how late he was drafted and, you know, his understanding grind, he was just constantly working and his faith in himself is something that always stuck out to me. It didn't matter how you know bad things got, how many turnovers he had, he was still willing to take that shot. And there's a decent chance that he was going to make it. So Norm was a, always a pro, a Raptor, you know, he just really embodied that culture. So I, I miss him still. I mean, Gary Trent, I mean, I'm a big fan of him, but seeing Norm go was a tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, that was the most bittersweet, I think. Like, that that one hurt a lot. It hurt, like, much more than I thought it would, especially, like, you know, Norm, Norm drafted by Toronto, like, as you said, yeah. so formative of that kind of grinder, um, real grittiness, like that mentality that I think Fred Van Vliet also came out of, Norm came out of, Pascal came out of. Like, mm -hmm. we got to see their, like, maturation – in real time, you know, over the years. Yeah. Um, but one fond memory I do have just to like put a little bit forward of Norm uh, on the Pacer. I mean, the Pacers, the Blazers mm -hmm. was this past Halloween. Um, they released a pretty cute little clip of like all the Blazers talking about their favorite Halloween costumes and candy. And yeah. there's like about a five minute section where Norman Powell absolutely loses his mind talking about candy corn. <laughs> and it made me miss him so much. <laughs> candy corn. No kidding. <laughs> uh, I haven't really been much of a candy corn fan, but again, to be sure. No, we were nobody talking, is. That's the thing. Yeah. Only Norman Powell. <laughs> we were talking pre-podcast about how I'm much more of a, I have a palate for spicy food and then Katie doesn't, right? So everyone's different. No wrong or right. Just different. And I guess Norm likes candy corn. Do you, Norm? Do you? Um, anyways, on to, I guess, more analytical aspects. Katie, if there's, uh, let's just talk about some of the things that we want to see on this road trip, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's like I said, it's, it's an important one. And um, they've been struggling with injuries, specifically Pascal. And we haven't really seen this team together too much. So over these next six games, what is one thing that you would like to see? 
Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I think we're already kind of seeing it a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, how someone like Scotty Barnes is dealing with his role changing and shifting game over game uh, and also just like dealing with an NBA schedule for the first time. I think he's doing really well. I don't sure. mind. Like I didn't really mind that in that game against the Pistons, he took more of a backseat when it came to shooting because you want him to be a sponge, I think. And you want him to learn every part of the game. Like his IQ is already off the charts, I think for where you would want it's ridiculous, yeah. a rookie to be. Um, he lets the game come to him. So I want to continue to see that, especially when you're going up against teams that for him, like, honestly, I don't think it's corny at all, but like, he's going to be playing against Steph Curry. Like he's going to be playing against Dame. Like these are, these are really storied players that like rookies like Scotty still are going to get a little su- like starstruck by, you know, and are mm-hmm. have like watched their games the entire time that like they've been out of the league looking to come in the league and now they have to play against them. So I want to see from Scotty because I actually don't think it's going to be that difficult, but I want to see him continue this ability to just like not get rattled by the moment. Um, yeah. And I want to see how he responds, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question. And uh, he's, I mean, he's exceeded every expectation that we had for him. And uh, I'm curious how he handles this particular task here. You know, six games, a road trip. He's playing heavy minutes. Delano, obviously, he has a a part of this team too. But Mm -hmm. Scotty's playing 30-plus night in, night out. And of compared to other road trips in the past, I mean, the Raptors always have like an early season one. But some of the other ones have been like, you know, two back-to-backs, a lot less days. They're on the road for a while. But the games are fairly spread out for the most part. So, um, I guess he's kind of getting a, a bone there, but, uh, yeah, just dealing with this kind of a grind because it is, I mean, it's, it's like 15 days or whatever it is and you're not at home. Right. And, um, you know, getting treatment in, in different areas, uh, getting your naps in, like, it's like little stuff like this. That he's dealing with different time zones. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's done a little bit, a little bit of this in his career already or in college or whatever the case is, you know, playing with the USA team, but this is now the NBA. And he's going to be dealt like a lot of different uh, assignments here. Like you think of, you know, he's got Draymond Green coming. We got the Blazers. We got uh, Rudy Gobert. We got the Kings who are, you know, I mean, they're a bit of a mess at the moment. But uh, a lot of different challenges are are upon him um, in, mm-hmm. in, different, in a variety of ways. It's kind of so vague, but just there's so much being thrown at him. And there's just more things that are going to be thrown at him on, on this road trip. And I want to see how he, he handles it and just... I've been so impressed by his ability to not get in the way with Pascal being back. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to say, but it's it, there's a knack to it. I mean, there's some other players on the Raptors. I don't get into it, but some other players aren't so good at that, right? Who tend to get mm-hmm. in the way and as the shot clock's going down and they're out of position and now it's a broken possession and then you force up a bad shot. You know, Scotty, he's just, he's so smart and he knows where he has to be on the court and he's willing to take a backseat role. I mean, more so than he was earlier on the season. And he's just happy being that guy's like, all right, I'm going to work every once in a while with Fred and pick and roll and get some alley-oops. And that was really cool when they did that a few games ago, that was really nice to see and putbacks and running the floor. He had that possession against the Pistons where uh, it was late in the game and he played some great defense on Jeremy Grant. And then he grabs the rebound, comes down the floor. He sees he's got a mismatch against Kate Cunningham. He takes him to the bucket. And because that's where he has to do it. And that's where the Raptors overall, I mean, I'm going to get into it later on, I think, but they got to do a better job of utilizing their mismatch, mismatches mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. finding ways to, to, 
create offense in the half court from that. They are huge. And you just have to find ways to make the most of those opportunities when your half court offense maybe lacks a bit of creativity. Yeah, I think where the because I mean, the Raptors have succeeded the best offensively in transition, right? And I think that's where, as you mentioned, like Scotty plays such a big role and that's i think where he's really shown is is like a a bit of a playmaker to be honest um granted his teammates have not always been as receptive chris boucher look at you but um it's it also just shows his growth you know and just to talk about uh, what you had mentioned before just in terms of how he's watching Siakam come back in, I think that really has to do with rhythm and kind of the rhythm that the team has been in and now the rhythm that Siakam has to catch himself. Uh, And I really like that Scotty understands to like take a step back you know, yeah. and to, to to watch Pascal situate himself in that lineup, see where he best fits, and then how Scotty can complement that. Mm-hmm. Though to a degree, I also think Siakam is going to have to meet the team halfway because you've seen where <laughs> these disruptions to rhythm have hurt them because, like, Pascal Siakam can't expect the entire team to, like, catch up to where he is. You know, he sure. has to kind of catch up to where they are. Um, I think that's where the the moments of discomfort and awkwardness have come from in play, especially in that Pistons game. You saw the Detroit be able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think necessarily a lot of that stuff's going to smooth itself out. Yeah. Um, if you're watching, you see me on my phone because I wanted to see uh, how many threes Pascal made in that previous game because great time to pivot to Pascal. And again, this is uh, as he's acclimating himself to the NBA again and playing games mm-hmm. and reading situations. I mean, I want to see him find uh, cons- some consistency on this road trip that Pistons game it, we kind of got the full experience with them which was terrific I mean 25 points 12 rebounds seven assists two threes made seven offensive rebounds and this is him in some ways kind of I mean it's the Pistons and we got to keep that in mind but him attacking the glass like that is a huge part of what the Raptors have to do in the half court all of them not just him it's Scotty it's OG I mean, they just, they have mismatches in some ways and maybe it's not always going to be an isolation situation. It's going to be just them being able to leap over people. And, you know, when, if they're standing on the baseline and the the plays on the other side of the court and a jump shot goes up, like you kind of do have to get on the offensive glass. And one of the best parts about the Raptors is that, you know, they're able to guard so many different body types. doesn't matter who it is, right? You have Donna Banton out there. You have Ken Birch out there. It doesn't matter who it is. Like you're able, you're comfortable enough with putting those players on anyone because they're going to hold their own. And so you should be able to be more aggressive on the offensive glass. And I was excited to see Pascal doing that. OG's done it in spurts. Scotty, obviously you see here a dump truck behind me. Sorry. <laughs> um, they're all, they've all done it. And he's the other person has to do it as well. So the seven mm-hmm. offensive rebounds were great to see, but I mean, I just love Pascal's game against the Pistons. It's the Pistons. I, I, I hear you. But his reads were better. He was making smarter calls when it comes to just, you know, when is the best time to drive? When is the best time to do a pull-up shot? His his shot still is a bit of a work in progress. I would love to see him, you know, get a little bit more comfortable, you know, going off the dribble when it comes to pull-ups. But he's making the right reads more so than he was in the previous games. And he's a willing passer. Look, I'm like the lone piston supporter uh, <laughs> i guess in this entire city and that's fine um yeah. i won't take umbrage with what you said but i also think that the pistons especially Cade cunningham and nick nurse yeah. did talk about this pregame he's such a disruptive player and like you can see that watching him like it's in the way that he moves he kind of does mm-hmm. he like does so many fakes and just like the way he kind of dribbles the ball and like that worked 
really well to the Pistons' advantage in that game. And it also shows, you know, to go back to what I said earlier, how the Raptors have to, you know, I think their lineups are going to stay in flux and fluid for some time out of necessity, which I totally get. But they still need to figure out a team rhythm because, like, once they have that, they're not going to be so easily knocked off or disrupted um, by a team like the Pistons or by any team, really, who can really capitalize on that. And I think Pascal, I go back to what Fred Van Vliet said, you know, I trust him. What he said last week is that it's going to take time uh, and patience for Siakam to get his rhythm back. You know, I think we get really anxious to talk about consistency before, in Pascal's case, there have even been enough games with him back to count for consistency. You know, I think mm-hmm. to me, like, consistency is 10 games or a dozen games. It's not two or three games. So sure. I know we're very uh, reticent to, like, say it's going to take time. <laughs> But I really think for Pascal, it is what it is. Because that Pistons game, he was phenomenal, right? Like, he was the bright spot of that game. Um, And I think if he can just continue with that, like, I know he was beating himself up a bit post-game just in terms of the leadership role because if Fred's not there, he said, you know, we've got an X-Men up mentality. We we shouldn't be that affected. But they are right now because I think, you know, the roster is still pretty thin in that sense. Like, we don't necessarily have a reliable backup yet. Goran ended up having a good game. Goran Dragic didn't start having a good game. Like, he started pretty slow. You know, like, Fred's the motor. Um, Pascal, let me try and bring this automotive analogy home. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, (laughs) Pascal's, like, the gas? The front on the gas. And Fred's the motor. Um, Yes. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think in general, just like this will be a good test of Pascal. It's also great to hear that there's no more restrictions. He can do back-to-backs. There's no minute restrictions. I do think they're going to be a little bit careful with him in the first couple of matchups if they need to be, because it's also going to be a good opportunity to get reps in for some other guys. But yeah, I think think this is going to be a really good stretch. Also, considering weirdly how well the Raptors have been doing on the road and not at home, this is going to be a really good stretch of runway for Pascal. Perhaps Fred is the oil. Maybe Fred's the oil. You can't really go without the oil. That's pretty important. And I think we saw it again in that Pistons game where the Raptors, I mean, he, they missed him. He's probably their best overall defender. I think team defender for sure. Maybe he doesn't have the versatility when it comes to guarding multiple positions like a Pascal or an OG or, or a Scotty, but um, his help defense and his leadership on that end, he's mentioned it too, that, you know, he doesn't really miss Kyle on offense, but defensively he does because mm-hmm. Kyle was the one who's watching film and, you know, pointing out things that other players are doing and doing his homework. Now Fred's doing it and Goran to his, I mean, he did a, a great job in the game offensively, but he was kind of pushed into that role. And I'm sure he would have probably done his own research um, if he knew that this was going to be possible because he uh, he didn't know that he was going to play and he hadn't played in so long. It was funny afterwards. He was like, oh, I was kind of tired because I hadn't played in so long. <laughs> it's true. You have not played in quite some time, sir. But I mean, offensively, he was terrific. Defensively, it's the same kind of deal with him. He's going to, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to try his best, but he doesn't, uh, he's just not what Fred is on the defensive end. He's not what Delano Benton is on the defensive end. Um, it's just the facts. And that's kind of why he's sort of fallen out of the rotation, right? Is that he doesn't uh, really necessarily fit everything that the Raptors are trying to do. Still a great player. And he showed it offensively. He's going to, if they do end up trading, he's going to help someone uh, a lot, right? Because he's has that um, half, his half portability, his creativity, his shot making ability, 
his experience. It all showed in his mm-hmm. stint there against the Pistons, but defensively, it's still, it's still an issue. It's it's still an issue, right? Um, George back there, he agrees. He knows. He knows the deal. We got all kinds of sounds happening here. This is a yeah, fun one. This is a real like uh, opposite of ASMR recording. Yeah. That's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to see too. Is I want to see the Raptors kind of develop some consistency. They've fallen mm-hmm. to 16th in defensive rating. And over the past five games, they're giving up 111 points per game. It's it's a bit of a deceiving number because you know some of those games are a bit high scoring. You got the the Nets game in there, which is always going to be high scoring. Um, but uh, I want to see them put some games together where you're seeing their identity come back. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing you know hard nosed defense. They're forcing turnovers. They're getting good offensive possessions. They're playing kind of they're they're showing their toughness again. And that's one of the things that's always stuck out with Nick Nurse teams is that they're tough, right? And they're going to just keep on coming at you. And that Pistons game, I mean, they kind of played with their food a little bit, it felt like, where they weren't really putting their foot on the gas pedal. And then they tried and they had a little run there in the third quarter. I think that's when Goron had a few uh, back-to-back steals and they they kind of closed the gap a bit. But then, I mean, to the Pistons credit, I mean, like you had said, like maybe they're a little bit better than what the record shows because they do have – some decent players and Jeremy Grant, he really got in his bag a bit and started hitting threes and that Kate Cunningham drive against OG late in the game. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. You don't mm-hmm. do that to OG. Not too many players can do that to him. And a quick crossover and then the finishing ability. He's a special player. So they're uh, they're going to be in good hands with him. Um, but with the Raptors, yeah, let's let's see some consistency. Let's see you let's see you find ways to kind of get more of a consistent rotation. Who's coming in the game? Who's not? Obviously, Utah's still not here, and they're gonna have they're having some injuries too. It's great to see Chris Boucher have a few good games in a row. But let's see if you can kind of find your identity again consistently mm-hmm. over these six games. Like you said, they seem to play better on the road, and that'll surely help. But there's so many people who are really down after that Pistons game. Like I'm like, why? Like we're already doing this. We're already yeah, so sad it's after too soon. Like, yeah. I know, right? Like this sure, like you know, in April when we're looking at the standings a little bit more, we're going to think of this game and that's going to be a kind of a, a sour spot, but I mean every team has games like this, right? And I yeah. was more happy to see them kind of find their identity a little bit on the offensive end where they're showing a bit more creativity and they're utilizing mismatches and getting out in transition. Like I was excited to see that because this is still so much of a process with this season. Like they're so far from a finished product because of the injuries and getting Pascal back and Fred wasn't playing. And that's what I just want to see. I want to see them play together (laughs) and they got some decent uh, competition coming up and just let's see some Raptors basketball night in night out on the road. And let's see where we end up over these six games. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm going to be uh, a little bit of devil's advocate just because mm. I think for me, consistency is about is like the same thing that we were talking about earlier with Pascal. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be such a thing as familiar consistency with this Raptors team. Uh, again, in terms of the lineups, I think those are going to stay in flux, especially when you've got so many players uh, that are hitting these kind of peaks and valleys uh, yeah. in what is their first year with the team. Like Precious Achua is a great example of that. Like Gary Trent Jr. has been a good mm-hmm. example of that. Scotty Barnes, Delano Benton, like them as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we mentioned, like Pascal's coming back into things. If Fred is out, that's going to disrupt things a little bit. Um, and I think this is something I've been thinking about more because I do think it's something we have to collectively as a fan base get used to because we were used to this very consistent winning gritty, fully formed identity team before they went to Tampa. 
And that's the last time yeah. we got to see them up close in person. They went to Tampa. We watched from afar. It kind of felt like the lost season. But they've come back and it's an entirely new team. And I think our expectations mm-hmm. have not necessarily adjusted yet. I think there's some core uh, Raptors identity things that have held over. And you see in this team because of Fred Van Vliet, because of Pascal Siakam, because of Ochi Ananobi. Mm-hmm. But I also think uh, that stuff's going to take a little while to to take root with the rest of the lineup. So, you know, you're going to have nights where they play the Pistons and you're like, what team is this? I don't sure. recognize them. And they're going to have blowout nights where they beat the Boston Celtics in the Celtics home opener. And you're like, I recognize this team. This feels familiar yeah. to me. But I do think that that's going to be like, this is a season where that's going to go up and down. Mm. Um, which is again like a dis- it's like not a comfortable thing <laughs> that that sure. you want to see in your basketball team, but I think it's a little bit of a necessity at this point. Yeah, and that's it's true, and you know, not uh, we've seen so much roster flux because they weren't healthy, right? And mm-hmm. you know, a person like Pascal who's going to play thirty five minutes a game, um, him not playing, it, it just it it changes everything because now it's thirty five minutes are going to be spoken for game in game out you know, foul trouble pending and that became an issue against the Pistons. Um, but then a lot of other players aren't going to play as much, right? Like I've been really enjoyed watching Svi um, over these past few games. I've always enjoyed his offensive creativity throughout this preseason and everything. I just think that he's, he's such an asset to have a player like him and that's why he continues to play. That's why Nick mm-hmm. loves him so much. He has abilities on the offensive end. Um, just five tool players. I keep, I've mentioned that a few times, right? His passing ability, he can shoot, he can drive. He's comfortable in the pick and roll. He makes smart reads. Like these aren't players that you find all the time, especially coming off the bench. Normally it's one guy is a, you know, a, a three and D guy. One guy can only drive. One guy can't shoot. We saw a lot of that last season with the bench players that they rolled out there. That's not everyone has all these assets that he has, and they're going to have to find ways to, to play him because Utah's going to play. He is going to play whenever he does come back. God willing, it's soon because I want to see him get back in the lineup and he's going to be a big part of what they're doing. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, so there is going to be constant flux, but seeing their core players find some stability in their play, um, mm-hmm. especially as they look to work together too, because this is a new experience for all of them, right? Fred being more of a quarterback and taking less shots, even though I don't think he should take less shots necessarily because he's too good. <laughs> OG now taking a bit of a backseat to Pascal. Pascal um, finding ways to continue to initiate offense for himself, for others, making really smart calls. And I think he has to keep, continue to work at that. That uh, charge that he that was drawn by Jeremy Grant 
late in that game mm-hmm. kind of made me feel got some feelings from last season because there were so many where he was yeah he was trying to be aggressive he's trying to do the right things but then sometimes you just you have to take a step back and realize that um yeah the player's there the player's there and you have to, it's not necessarily the best idea to force the issue trying to get to the bucket obviously you want to do that but then if it's not there you got to kick it out you got to trust your players and he did a really good job of that against the pistons he was trusting mm-hmm. everyone he was trusting ken birch to take a few shots he was trusting goron on the perimeter he was trusting gary he was willing to move the ball around and because he knew it was probably the best part of the best for the offense that stuff like this is going to happen it's going to he has to trust all of them. That's kind of the biggest thing is he has to trust every person there because they do have a lot more talent this year, a lot more talent than they had last season. And I want to hopefully see that come out over these next few games is let's see everyone get um, a bit more comfortable with each other. Let's see some more shot making. I do want to see Gary Trent Jr. in the pick and roll more. I, I know Nick has, you know, has preached to him. Like I want to see you become a great catch and shoot player. And I do too, but his ability to make shots, in the pick and roll, like how quickly he gets his shot off. It's really impressive. And when you're talking about some of the players that they're going to be encountering, uh, the Nurkishes, the Go Bears, if you're able to get them up around the level and now you're mm-hmm. creating space down around the bucket, that's only going to be good things for your offense. And he's just too good. <laughs> you need half court offense. And he is a shot maker. There was a possession I recall where it kind of got a little bit broken where he was trying to get the ball into OG on the perimeter and uh, it just didn't work because there was a double coming and Gary's like, okay, well, I guess I got to take this. And then he drove to the buck. He made a, a floater. Not everyone can do that, but Gary can. And so his shots, there has to be a window for him to be able to create and, and score because he's so good at it. What a great signing. I miss Norm, but he's, he's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think what's impressed me most about Gary, other than his like the shots he's been able to make, is just his decision making, yeah. um, and the way that we've got to see that unfold. I don't really think he had the the time and space to be able to do that in Tampa, uh, but to see him step up and or be Portland. able to be, yeah, or Portland. I mean, he said that too, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it just like wasn't the system. It, it wasn't yeah. the the role that they wanted him to play there. Um, I don't think he could have like that team is like dense with. I was going to say dense with shooters, but it's like dense with one shooter and everything revolves around him. Um, And the Raptors aren't like that. So I think Gary is really thriving in an environment where he's asked to take on a little bit more. Um, And just like some kind of intangible stuff. Like I never would have thought previous to this season that Gary Trent Jr. was a kind of gritty, like I don't necessarily think of him as like a gritty player uh, in the sense that he's willing to like dive for die for loose balls, you know, or just like get, get in in the way that like someone like Kyle Lowry did, but actually he's shown that he can do that and still like keep a cool, even head. And he's just willing to be wherever nurse kind of asks him to be on the floor, uh, and playing super unselfishly. So I think all of that stuff combined just makes him like him and Sfi, you know, like it just makes them really excellent, like yeah. really excellent, um, options to have in the lineup. I, I know Sfi's minutes will diminish somewhat, but I also think he can be a really good spark plug uh, when the team needs him on this on this road trip. Sure. Um, for comparison with Gary Trent Jr. in the pick and roll as a ball handler, in, in three possessions per game there where he's doing it, he's averaging 0.84 points per possession, rather. And with Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, both of them four times per game as well, they're averaging 0.85 points per possession. So a very comparable net numbers there. And that kind of shows how effective he is at it. So it would be great to see him get more of those possessions. 
um, throughout uh, each games. And in those moments where, you know, Fred's sitting and maybe you have a few starters, like, or a few of your core players and Pascal and OG and mm-hmm. whoever they're sitting and you're not really sure where the offense is going to come from. Maybe you throw a bone to Gary Trent Jr. Cause he could kind of keep you afloat while some of your best players aren't playing. And that would be um, a great way to, to use him. <laughs> And to give them some rest, like he did that. He's done that in a few games, right? To give like Scotty and Fred, Mm -hmm. you know, Fred who like bless his heart is still is playing like, (laughs) like an obscene amount of minutes per game because there's no other option right now. But like Gary came in and did, he was a bit of a breather for Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet in a few games. And I think, you know, the offense is not going to suffer. And I think another thing with Gary is he's shown like the defense isn't going to suffer either. Yeah. I did a, a video actually, if anyone wants to watch it on, uh, it's on YouTube and it's kind of looking at Gary Trent Jr.'s uh, defensive abilities, his stealing, his, uh, his hands, how quick they are. So mm-hmm. take a look at that. It was uh, posted last week, kind of goes into the numbers a little bit and a few of the quotes that's come from Gary and how committed he is to uh, on the defensive end and being, um, being what the Raptors need on that end of the floor. Nick asked him in Vegas after he re-signed that we need you to be this player on the perimeter. And Gary's like, yep, no problem. And whatever the team needs, he's willing to do it. And it kind of fits again, the Raptors identity in that way. He just wants to help the team win games. I, I still hope that the Raptors just get win and really like 300 font put in their locker room somewhere because all they want to do is just win games. And that's everything that's been a, been preached by Masai and Bobby and so forth. So I want to see that happen. That would be terrific. Um, any other thoughts, Katie, things you want to see on this road trip? I got a couple here, but you can go ahead if you'd like. Um, I mean, I do kind of want to see how they, I actually want to see the matchup between Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga, uh, just as two rookies yeah. who are really intriguing to me. I think Kaminga has actually been excellent. Uh, the last few games for the Warriors. Um, he's a super physical player, obviously. Uh, and I think that it's going to be, I don't know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to that. Um, granted, I will say, yeah, that, that game, like, <laughs> I felt like such a uh, poser the other day, but when I had to look, I was like looking at the standings and I didn't realize that go- the Warriors were up like 11 and one. And now it's yeah. like 11 and two, but I was like, oh shit. Then I was admit for a minute, like, is the West fraudulent? Because uh, <laughs> it's been a very weird start for the West. The yeah. Lakers are eighth. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think the Warriors have had like a pretty decent schedule to start. And I think that's why they've gone up on some not great teams. Um, but I'm actually pretty excited to see the Raptors make them work because that's one thing that even in the losses that Toronto's had this season, they've been pests, you know, they've been pesky yeah. all game. Um they make other teams look extremely tired. I think of that Cavs game, which they lost, but by the end, like those guys were just kind of stumbling around, mm. you know, <laughs> working for every possession, every rebound. And I think Golden State's game isn't necessarily based, like predicated on those things. So yeah. I do think that's some a place where the Raptors can take advantage. Um, and I do want to see how they kind of work this small ball uh, against some more traditional bigs that they're going to meet uh, on this road trip. Sure. On the Golden State game, happy, happy you mentioned that one because I'm very excited for that one. Um, it's going to be challenging for the Raptors in a few different mm-hmm. ways, like you're talking about. Golden State, they're off to a terrific start. They lead the league in defensive rating, and they have actually overtaken the Raptors in steals per game. 
So they're bringing on the defensive end. And obviously, I mean, Draymond Green, he's, he continues to be that player on the on defense that is so special. And hey, look, what is his three-point shooting? It's up to 39%. Look at him, right? Backpack shot and all. He's still making, he's getting them to go in this year. So he continues to be a, a special player for them. And also now on the offensive end. And uh, yeah, just dealing with the mobility and the activity of Golden mm-hmm. State's offense. It's mm-hmm. so active and there's so much happening. And I want to see that countering the Raptors switching, right? Are they going to be able to communicate and talk to each other? It's going to be a, it's a tall task in some ways. And this is where you really want Fred out there because he's such a good communicator and He's going to be calling out plays <laughs> before they happen. That's what he does. And dealing with Steph, like he he tends to really thrive on really anyone at this stage. This is kind of what he's doing. He's playing unreal. But can the Raptors length across the board and their willingness to put a Scotty on there or an OG or a Pascal, can it disrupt him just a bit? Can it mm-hmm. cause issues for Steph when he's been able to take advantage, obviously, of bigs and you know players around his height? But the the archetypes the body types of the the Raptors players the guys that they're going to be playing heavy minutes it's very unique and I think it's going to give any player an issue and I think it could potentially give him some issues too so I want to see them do that it's going to be a very interesting matchup there you can't really uh do much for Steph Curry um you can't even necessarily frustrate him I would say he he kind of thrives when teams try that uh but I think disruption would be a good option for Toronto um, mm-hmm. where they can. Uh, I mean, Kerr, like Kerr is just like his whole thing is about touches, right? Like he wants everybody, like his offense to run through everyone on the floor yeah. at all times. So that'll be a good opportunity for um, hopefully some steals, you know, poking the ball away, um, getting the Raptors some turnovers, because again, that's like really where they've taken advantage uh, offensively yeah. is just like, you know, converting turnovers wherever they can. I think in the games where they haven't, usually are the games that they've lost unless you have some kind of flukish freak thing like uh missing all those shots from the line the other night but again like i don't think that's regular (laughs) and i don't also think that's why they lost the game they lost the game for a lot of other reasons that certainly didn't help when you're giving uh points away like that but yeah i think that game will be pretty interesting um i don't know the jazz will be interesting just because of gobert you know like i think like again you just have to try and push Rudy Gobert away from the basket. You kind of have to try and crowd him out of the paint. The Mm. Raptors don't necessarily have, like that's where Kem will be like a wonderful asset, you know, on the floor. But I also think of Precious Achua, if he can get in there with his physicality, because maybe he doesn't have the size, but he does have the length and he does have the physicality. And I think that will be a great opportunity for him to kind of pivot on this traditional center role against a player like Gobert, you know, and then you can always fall back on like, they're going to have to double up on teams. You know, they're going to have to kind of really work to unbalance players like that. Um, And you also don't want to throw this scheme like this, that they have this kind of positionless scheme that they're, they're working towards. You can't really throw that out the window at the first sign of like a traditional big coming in and and trying to like mess with you. You know, you got to stick, you got to stick to the plan. Um, So it'll be a good, I don't know. I think it'll be fun. I think again, like a good, caveat to remember going into any game this season is like a win is a bonus and a loss is just like a good opportunity to retool. Ooh, that's a nice way to look at it. 
such a positive outlook on on this. Um, Try important. Yeah, I mean, it's important <laughs> to keep in mind that how much of a process this is going to be. Like they're far, far, far from a finished product, and it's been stressed to us that there's just still so much happening. You just even like even just a, a players who have been here for years, they're going through change. And then you factor in new players who are getting used to new teammates, a new system. It's, it's a lot happening for the Raptors. And it outside of that uh, Wizards game that where they open the season, their effort has been there night in and mm-hmm. out, like you said. And I think that's probably one of the bigger points is that their identity is still there, that they are going to be a tough team to play against. And uh, the bigs that we're talking about, you know, uh, Nurkic and Gobert, it's going to be interesting to see where we want to see how they're going to handle the situations. And like a person like precious, it, this has kind of happened to go bear in the playoffs last year is that if he's not going to produce necessarily in the offensive end, you know, can you kind of play him off the core a little bit because precious, he can get up and down the floor real quick. Yeah. He like, goes so, coast to coast. No problem. Yeah. And so can you make go bear a little bit vulnerable in that way where he's a bit of a, a liability because the Raptors are making shots from the outside and Fred's making uh, his, his three or in the mid range and, you know, Pascal's getting to the rim and, you know, precious is beating go bear down the court and getting layups. Like this is how you're able to kind of overwhelm teams with your identity. And that's all you want to do every single mm-hmm. game, right? You want to impose your will and make your playing style, the effective, the, mm-hmm. the, overarching theme of the game and when you're doing that now you are imposing your will now you're making things really hard on the other team and i want to see all of that and i want to see them continue to get creative on offense because the defense is going to be there i mean they've had a few games here that haven't gone necessarily as according to plan on the defensive end but if they're able to figure out their offense and become middle tier or something in that range, you know, their catch and shoot percentage from three is improving. I think they're 12th right now in the NBA. Um, But right now they're shooting 57.4% from less than five feet from the basket. And that's not very good. That's like 27th in the NBA. Um, And don't just blame Fred for that. Or it's not just Fred, it's everyone. (laughs) Pascal is going to help with that, but getting easier shots and smarter shots, it's going to change who they are, man. Like I I'm getting more encouraged by this team, like night in night out um, just because I'm seeing the incremental strides that they're making. And I'm starting to think like, can they be a top six team in, in the East? Right. Because they are so difficult to play against. And if you are a top defense, that's a pretty good start. And now if your offense is at least passable and you got Pascal back to like that top 30 player that he once was, I mean, this becomes like a very interesting team now that is very hard to compete against. So mm-hmm. um, that's all the analytical things that I kind of had. A few of the fun items is that I want to see Scotty Barnes take his content producing to a new level. Um, <laughs> he's been great so far. We Part of the reasons why we enjoy this team so much is the vibes. And it starts with him. His IG stories have been great. He's shown us moments um, in the locker room with OG and Nobi on the bus. I want to see him take it to a new level to team cohesion tends to happen on these road trips. It's been said many years in a row where then you kind of find ourselves on the road. We kind of found ourselves the team dinners going bowling, whatever it is. I want to see Scotty Barnes give us all these moments because this is what he's been brought here to do is to help the vibes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to do it. This is your moment, Scotty. And they can do that stuff again this season, right? Remember, like, they couldn't leave hotels last year on the road. So a lot of the road trips now, you know, they're actually getting to go out and have team dinners again. I remember how depressed Nick Nurse sounded about that, amongst all the other things he sounded depressed about last season. Um, That was one thing that he really missed, right? Because that's how you build, like, character and chemistry of a team. I will also say that Scotty Barnes's content – 
production also remains just as adorable and endearing on court when he made like his first tech was because he made a glasses like a glass motion at the ref but i thought that was so sweet sucked and got a tech but like you know yeah. of all the things to get a tech for that one's pretty nice um yeah i uh i was very impressed by a fit gary had on the other day where Ooh. he it was like a short sleeve uh almost looked a little bit like a like a kind of a Cuban short sleeve silk shirt with some like yeah. loose, yeah, like loose light stone washed jeans. I really uh -huh. like that. I was like, you are not necessarily in the climate that you you're not you're not dressing for the climate you have. You're dressing for the climate you want. Uh, on this road trip, they're gonna get some nicer weather. You know, they're gonna be touching down hopefully in some warmer spots. Uh -huh. So hopefully we get some fits to match too. No question, and the clothing that you're you're talking about with uh, the fit if you will um i'm yes. looking at it right now because i posted it on the young uh -huh. Sports canada ig and my caption was very simple it's like you know all of us were were getting warmed up and here's gary just like ah whatever minus five doesn't matter i'm wearing my, <laughs> my looks beach good wear. though he's yeah. in his expression in that photo too he's so happy yeah. he's so pleased so yeah. keep keep that up gary i want to see more of it Team dinners, that's true. I wonder if OG is going to pick up a bill. Never. Never. Right? <laughs> he finds a way. Even though he's making, what, $20 million a year right now? Never. Right? No. He still isn't yeah. going to pick up a team dinner. I guess it's still on Pascal. He's, he's making the most money. <laughs> yeah. Pascal, and I think like Fred, unfortunately, as a leader, you get, you get pinned into that position where everybody just assumes that you're going to pick up the bill. <laughs> Or you are the one delegating who is going to pick up the bill or yeah. how you're going to decide who's going to pick up the bill. I mean, it would suck if like Donald Banton has to pick up one of these. That can't be fun. I don't think they'll do that to him. He can pick up the coffees, you know? Yeah. Before they get, they get diem, on the plane. They? they get a per diem, don't they? Day by day? Or I, do they not? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought about that before. I don't know that they need one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I guess <laughs> it's a work trip though. Technically. There might be. Look, there's probably a team card. Right, there's probably yeah. a team card. Besides, like these Starbucks frappuccinos, the, those are on me. Connected <laughs> to is BlackBerry, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, and the the fits are going to be immaculate. I'm sure they're going to be in what Sacramento, um, Warriors, Golden State, Oakland. There's some windows there for them to really show off what they can do. And so, leak fits. Mm -hmm. Just so you guys know. This is a time where you're going to be seeing the Raptors. They're going to be MVPs over the next week or week or two, I think. They're, they're going to be the source. Scotty, OG, everyone, <laughs> let's let's see it. Bring the heat. Bring the fire. Katie, um, is that it for the day? Is that it for for us? Um, yeah, I think so. Perfect. I, I mean, I'm just uh, yeah. I'm like we said before. I'm just really looking forward to this road trip uh, getting started. Yeah, me too. Um, throughout the course of the season now, I'm going to be doing some uh, looking at some of the best plays or I guess most notable plays, looking at more of an analytical aspect of some of the games going forward. So you can check it out on YouTube, um, kind of like five plays from the Blazers game, for instance, might be something that comes up um, tomorrow. So look at those. And other than that, Katie, you got something coming out? I didn't read your Jared Allen piece. I was meaning to. That's okay. I feel like it was pretty stinging for some people. Um, but you can still read it. It's of a yeah. dime. Former NBA Player of the Week, uh, but always in my heart, Jared Allen. 
Uh, I should actually have something, depending on when he's back in the rotation, I should have something coming out on Precious, uh, Precious Ajua's gameplay nice. uh, at Dime as well. And you can always subscribe and read Basketball Feelings, where the third episode of the Basketball Feelings podcast comes out tomorrow with CBS's own James Herbert. Nice. And uh, mm-hmm. basketball. And uh, basketball. And Dishes and Dimes. There you go. <laughs> All you do is podcast week by week, day by day. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy listening curse. to your voice? Uh, I never listen back to podcasts usually. No. I don't mind it. I used to mind it more. Now you're comfortable. But That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm still getting used to it. Also, I see a difference between my my sick voice because I've had a like an on and off again cold for the past little while versus my mm-hmm. voice when I'm not sick. I'm seeing a difference. It's like, oh, okay. So I guess that's how I, I sound when I'm a little bit sniffly. That's okay. We're all getting used to it. Anyways, everyone, uh, the... <laughs> We'll uh, expect a podcast over the next few days from us as we look at the Blazers game and probably tee up maybe that, uh, that jazz game coming up. Enjoy your Monday, and we'll talk to you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.